All right, look, we're going to look this at this evening at Second uh, Timothy chapter four, which is the theme of the talk. <clears throat> Just give you a brief summary of the first six verses before we look at the the actual theme. Paul's writing his second letter to the young preacher Timothy. And of course, Timothy was very dear to Paul and a very dedicated young man to the ministry. And Paul, it's it's Paul's last instructions to Timothy. Uh, sort of is is he's coming to the end of his life, as we will see here. And he and his instruction to Timothy is Jesus is coming to judge the living and the dead. So preach the word with a sense of urgency. Whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable, it may be convenient or inconvenient. It might be welcoming. Sometimes it might not be. It may be unwelcoming. But with humility, with patience and wisdom, uh, preach the word. Because he says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They won't uh, appreciate or embrace the truth. But they, they, they will they will be wanting to hear things that are pleasing, that gratifies and satisfies their own liking, or, or, or in other words, the flesh. And he says, and they will turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned onto fables, uh, embracing myths and, and fictions and lies. And then he says in verse 5, this is instruction to, to Timothy, but watch thou in all things, be diligent, be vigilant, endure affliction. Uh, in other words, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable. And he reminds him again, do the work of an evangelist and make full proof of your ministry. Sort of really putting all things together and, and, and sort of reminding Timothy of this great responsibility, this great commission that he's been uh, ordained for, to be watchful, to endure, to work as an evangelist and to make full proof of ministry. And in verse 6, and here where, where he says, for I'm now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. So I can see that I'm coming to the end of my life, and I'm sort of I'm imparting to you what, is, what I feel is most important. But before I come to the theme of the talk, I just want to share you a, th a testimony of a very good friend of mine, because the talk came, uh, thought came through uh, the testimony that I'm going to share with you. Uh, a very good friend of mine recently just passed away. Uh, someone that I played music with back in Malawi and uh, a brilliant musician, an amazing singer. But above all, he had an amazing testimony. And at the time we were playing music together, uh, I recall we used to travel in a combi. And, and in that combi, uh, there was just enough room for one to sit at the back when we put all the instruments in, and the three of us would sit up in the front. And he was always sitting in the back, and very quietly. He was always quiet. So I used to turn around and say, his name is Isaac, by the way. I said, Isaac, what are you doing? He said, oh, I'm reading. I said, what are you reading? He said, I'm reading the Psalms. I said, wow. Psalms, you're reading the psalm. But anyway, it's much later on that I would sort of come to an understanding that 
he, he was spirit-filled and a person that really loved the Lord. And his testimony, this shot through. So we left Malawi and came across to uh, Australia in 1983. And then a few years later, he immigrated to England and, and we, we just lost sight. We never met again. And in 2018, three years ago, Anna and I were in London and we arranged to meet and he came down and we spent a whole day together. And it was just an amazing time just recounting the old days. And, and he shared with me, uh, you know, his experience, how he, he had sort of grown in the Lord. He was a pastor of a church in London and, and things were just amazing. We, we had just an amazing time. And to hear three weeks ago when his daughter called Helen rang me and said, look, I'm sorry, dad's passed away. It was sad, but anyway, he's gone to rest. And last Thursday was his funeral. But on Tuesday evening, I got a message from Helen and she said, oh, uncle, could you prepare a little video for your experience and your relationship with dad? Because there are a few friends that are putting something together. We want to just do that for part of the funeral service. And I thought, wow, okay. So I, I usually go for my walk in the morning and I was thinking, Lord, what, what can I really say? What would he want me to say? What is it that would be uplifting? What, what would he expect? And this is where the scripture came. Verse seven and verse eight was a, is the theme of the talk. And this is where I, I put that at the end of my video. And Paul says this to, test, to Timothy, and he says, I've fought a good fight, I've finished my course, and I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me on that day, not to me only, but unto all those that love is appearing. And I sent the video away, and the very... Next morning, I got a message back from Helen, and she says to me, the words were, wow, uncle, these are the scriptures that my father shared with me two weeks before he passed away. At the time, I didn't want to accept them because I didn't want to hear what he was saying, but now I understand what he was all about. And, 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 and I just thought uh, uh, how wonderful it is for him to be, well, to, he knew that he was time was up and he could share that with his daughter. And here Paul was doing exactly the same thing. Paul was sharing this with, with Timothy, encouraging Timothy to make him realize that we have a fight on our hands every day. Life is such, we face situations and circumstances. It may be emotionally, it may be physical, it may be mentally, it can be spiritual, and it can be a combination of them all. But we have this fight that we have to face. And just turn with me to Romans chapter 7, verse 14, Romans 7. Paul here puts it wonderfully, the battle that he has to endure. And he, it's in the King James, it's fairly hard reading, but bear with me. Uh, we'll go through it and we'll simplify it. Romans 7, verse 14. 
Paul says, for we know that the law is spiritual. In other words, the plan of God is a spiritual plan. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. But I am carnal, Paul says, I am in the flesh, sold under sin. Verse 15, for that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. Here's the battle. Paul is already sort of recognizing that there are a lot of things he wants to do, but it's a battle. And in verse 16, if then I do this, that which I would not, I consent unto the Lord that it is good. If, if I do things that are right, things that are righteous, which is against my flesh, which is against my carnal nature, I know then I'm upholding the law, the way of, the, the way of God. Verse 17, now then it is no more I that do it, but the sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. So, so here Paul is saying, this is the battle. I'm, I'm fighting the flesh. I have a will. I want to do what is right. But I, I, I constantly am challenged as I want to do which is right in God's eye. Which, when I want to please the Lord, I'm challenged with the flesh, with a carnal nature. And I find that I'm doing things that I'm, I, I hate to do. Verse 20, now if I do that which I would not, it is no more I that do it, but the sin that dwells in me. In other words, when I do that which is not pleasing in the Lord's eyes, I'm allowing the flesh, the carnal nature, to manifest itself. Why? In verse 21, because I find then a law that when I want to do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity of the law to the law of sin, which is in which is in my members. And this is the continual battle. And Paul is really amplifying this, is really bringing this to the forefront. He said, look, I, I want to do which is right. I know what is right, but I've got this thing that's fighting against me. It's, it's the flesh, it's the carnal nature that is with me. And it's fighting against the law of my mind and trying to bring me into captivity of the sinful nature. And he even says in verse 24, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body, from the body of this death? And here is the answers, folks. Verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that with my mind, by putting on the mind of Christ, I myself serve the law of God. I serve God. I serve in righteousness, but with the flesh, the law of sin. And here it is. We have a choice. We can serve the Lord in righteousness, walking in the spirit, or we can serve the flesh, the carnal nature, and we will serve sin. And this is the battle that we're all faced with. It's, it's nature. It's life. 
we're born into it. But praise the Lord, we're reminded that we are born again and we have the spirit. But don't turn to this, but 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, if you're taking notes, Peter says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. See, these are the difficulties, the persecutions, the temptations that come upon us, as though it's strange, a strange thing has happened unto you. But he says, but rejoice in as much as you're partakers of Christ's suffering. Christ has been through all that we will face in this life. So there are times where we will be tempted, we will be tried, we will be persecuted for Christ's sakes. But he says, but when his glory shall be revealed, we may, we may be glad with exceeding joy. In other words, as we overcome these things, we shall see the victory. We shall see God's glory in us. And the greater one is when we shall see him again. And even in John, the words of, John, of Jesus, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. Our peace and our joy will only come from the Lord. But in this world, he says, you will have tribulations. You will face your difficulties. You will face your carnal natures. You will face the temptations and the trials in this life. But be of good cheer. Why? Because the Lord says, I've overcome them for you. I've, I've overcome them all. And if you're taking notes, just one last one on 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. That means we're going to, we're going to take hold of it and we're going to embrace it. And we're not going to let us sort of lose sight of what it is that the Lord has placed before us. Always being in the presence of God, being in a mindset that, Lord, we want to do which is right by you. And this is where Paul's encouragement to Timothy, be strong. And the second part, he says here, I have finished my course. There are many courses in this life. There are many pathways. There are many ways that, uh, well, the religious saying is, all road leads to Rome. You know, it's, it's a great lie. It doesn't. That's why we've got to be careful to the course that we are on. Because the Lord told us that wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Death, unpleasantness, distress, anxiety. And many there be that go in thereat. Because it's easy. It's very welcoming. It's very tempting. But on the other hand, he says, narrow is the gate and the way that leads to life an abundant life, a joyful, a peaceful, a successful life. And few there be that find it. Isn't that amazing? Few there be 
on that road to eternity, on the road to the eternal presence of God, in the road that is leading us to peace and joy, there are few. And we ask ourselves, why? Why is that so? Because there's no point, as Paul would say, in starting a race if we're not going to finish it. We started the race when we repented. We've heard the testimony today. We came to the knowledge that we've got to do it the, the Lord's way. We were baptized by full immersion and we were filled with the Holy Ghost. And we were given this wonderful language in which we can praise God. We can we communicate with God. We got to endure to the end. Because the Lord says, he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. And we, when you read Revelation, Jesus says about enduring, if you endure, if you overcome, you will eat of the tree of life. You will eat of the hidden manna. The second death shall not hurt you. You shall be clothed in white raiment. You shall be in righteousness. I will make you a pillar in my temple. These are just a few promises of those that will endure to the end. And folks, what a vision. You know, how often do we think of these things? The kingdom to come. A time where there will be no pain, no more sorrows, no more death, no more tears. No more anxiousness, no more stress. This is what he's saying. This is why we're enduring it. And then the last point that Paul tried to get across Timothy says, remember that I have kept the faith. The faith that was given to us. The faith that was delivered on the day of Pentecost. The faith that was given to us by the Spirit. Faith that was given to us both in a fruit and a gift of the Spirit. Isn't that amazing? Of all the things that God has given us, it is in the fruit of the Spirit and it is in the gift of the Spirit because God knew that we needed faith. We cannot fight the good fight, neither can we finish the course without ex exercising faith in God. The number one thing we've got to do and we've got to remind each other is, is our faith in God it will make us succeed and finish the course. Don't turn to this, but James chapter 2, verse 26. says, for the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead also. So it's no good saying, I have faith. Paul said, if you have faith, show me your faith with your works, and I will show you my faith with my works. So this is where it is. We are displaying our faith, our belief in God by the works that we produce. Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's an amazing scripture, this. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Without exercising faith by works, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. In other words, we believe that he exists. 
We believe that his promises are yea in Christ Jesus, that it is impossible for him to lie. It's impossible for him to fail. For he who comes to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to them who diligently seek him. For those who are embracing him, for those who are being led by the Spirit, he is a rewarder. In other words, he gives us all that we have need of in this life. He's given us all that pertains to life and godliness. There's no excuse for any spiritual person to ever say, Lord, I can't do it. Impossible. Because God has said, I fill you to overflowing. Oh, my fullness you have received. You are complete in me. So we, here we stand. We have faith. And then Paul finishes off by this amazing verse 8. And he says, henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Because I've fought the good fight. Because I've finished my course. Because I've kept my faith. There is a crown of righteousness that is awaiting for me. Which the, the righteous judge, the Lord himself, shall give me on that day. And not to me only. And this is the way it turns out very nicely. And this is where we can all be encouraged. But to all those that love is appearing. Folks, you've got to be excited. Excited about one of these days, very shortly, the Lord is going to come, bursting through the clouds. And those that are ready and waiting with their lamps burning and the lamps full of oil, in other words, filled with the Spirit, rejoicing in the Spirit, overcoming in the Spirit, will be risen. We sing this chorus. Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, afraid neither, neither be dismayed. For our Lord, our God, is with us. The one who never leaves us, the one who never forsakes us. Let's finish in Revelation chapter 22. The Revelation, the wonderful vision of John 22. Verse 12 to verse 14. Fighting the good fight, finishing the course, and keeping the faith. Folks, that's what Paul is encouraging each and every one of us, regardless of life's circumstances. What is going to happen to us tomorrow, we don't know. But one thing we know that is we can fight the good fight, and we can finish the course with him. And we can keep the faith. Verse 12 of Revelation chapter 22. Behold, I come quickly. The Lord's coming is not a far off, brothers and sisters. And my reward is with me to give every man according to his work shall be. It's not only according to the faith, but it's according to our faith by the works that we display. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. I was there before the beginning, and I will there, I'll be there after the end. 
and you're in the middle. I know you, I know your thoughts, I know everything that you go through. Verse 14: Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter into through the gates into the city. Blessed are they that will fight the good fight and never give up. For they that are totally convinced and persuaded, I'm going to finish this course. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to be discouraged. And whatever comes, I'm going to keep the faith to the very end. And I believe this was my brother Isaac's testimony. And I believe that's what he would have loved to have heard. And I hope we can all say that as a testimony as we see our day approaching. Amen. I'll leave it there. Thank you.